0: Welcome to Musically Speaking, the podcast with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro, where we discuss all things music, the business of music, and making your mark as an independent artist. We're glad you're here. So let's get this show started.
1: Welcome to another episode of Musically Speaking, the podcast. My name is Lewis.
0: And my name is Pedro. Hey,
1: anyone been on MySpace lately? Uh, <laughs> what was your top eight?
0: Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's
1: Tom is still my friend, brother.
0: First of all, I want to know if Tom is still working for MySpace. Where is he, man? Where is Tom? I don't know. Man, he needs a new picture. Tom... <laughs> he, needs a, he needs a new profile pic. Tom. Uh, you're probably wondering, like, why the heck are we talking about MySpace? MySpace actually became a topic of discussion the other day because somebody was asking for what people's old uh, names were on myspace
1: oh I don't even remember that
0: I think uh, I think beyonce's sister brought it up uh,
1: well I wouldn't be able to tell you because I can't log in that I haven't been able,
0: that's another <laughs> I haven't problem. been able
1: to log in for many years bro
0: somebody somebody was telling me that They were having trouble logging in as well. And then there was another joke about people trying to get logins to Mi Gente and Black Planet. Wow, Mi (laughs) Gente. But uh, regardless of what you were doing back when MySpace was out, uh, MySpace is in the news for for all the wrong reasons recently. and
1: They just can't catch a break.
0: They can't. And I blame Tom for all of this. Uh, But... MySpace lost 12 years of music uploads. Uh, that's about, what, 50 million songs?
1: Say it isn't so.
0: Anything that was, <laughs> I mean, anything that was uploaded before 2015, uh, gone in the cyber ether, in the black hole of internet space.
1: What else can go wrong with MySpace? That is crazy.
0: And we were talking about this previously. How do you lose that amount of music? You know, I mean, there's backups upon backups upon backups on things. How does this just get lost?
1: Look, I'm in IT, so I I kind of understand. I've been through many server migrations, and uh, you have backup strategies. You have, I mean, there's a ton of things you do in order to make sure these you know these kind of things don't happen. But but wow, twelve years of data gone like that.
0: Yeah, and I'm just gonna read the uh, the official statement of of MySpace in regards to this. It's it's pretty sad, but. Uh, Here it is. This is, uh, as a result of a server migration project, any photos, videos, and audio files that you uploaded more than three years ago may no longer be available. On or from MySpace, we apologize for the inconvenience and suggest that you retain your backup copies. Uh, Yikes. Uh, (laughs) Poor MySpace. uh, there There was a Reddit thread that was happening. Uh, over the weekend, that was telling uh, you know folks who are on Reddit saying that there were issues trying to get back on MySpace, trying to retrieve any any anything that they had on there. I mean, if you think about it, people have backups of things here and there, but you know, a lot of people just kind of threw stuff on MySpace.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, look, I I want to give credit where credit is due. Right when MySpace was out during its time, it was the Facebook of now. Right, everybody wanted to be on MySpace. There was a struggle to see who was your top 10 friends and how important that was, uh, you know, in dealing with your friendships. Uh, That was a big deal. And, you know, MySpace was also a catalyst for a lot of big time recording artists who got discovered on MySpace. So MySpace played its role (laughs) back in those days. But but just to give you a sense of where it's come now, you know, Rupert Murdoch, uh, who owns a news corporation, bought MySpace in 2005 for a whopping $580 million.
0: Wow, that's almost half a, what is it, over half a billion?
1: That's crazy, that's crazy. (laughs) So in 2011, just to put some in perspective, in 2011, so we're talking about uh, six years later, it was sold to a digital ad company called Specific Media for just $35 million.
0: Talk Talk about a loss. And yeah. value, right there, and just to give you some perspective, MySpace was created in 2003. So, for Rupert Burdock to buy it two years after its creation for half a billion dollars, those those people who created it were, were you know they came out like gangbusters. That's a, that's a big deal, and uh, you know there was like you mentioned, there was some pretty pretty big artists that kind of had some start there, and it was before SoundCloud before some of these other websites pushed what was uh, indie musicians MySpace was kind of that it organically became that place.
1: Yeah, even before YouTube, before before in the beginnings of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, MySpace was the place to be if you were a musician. Yeah,
0: I mean Taylor Swift uh, had some real success there before she really blew up, Arctic Monkeys, Calvin Harris. So these were this was some big and you know Justin Timberlake once had a stake on myspace as yep, well I remember that i remember so that, this is yeah. was...
1: and, and and they were, i mean at that time they were trying to do you know give the site a different look um, they were trying to compete with the big boys you know but uh just no one it wasn't cool anymore <laughs> to be on myspace you know it
0: was it was a, a place that just uh, seemed a little overwhelmed it didn't have a look that was universal you know facebook did that very well and that's where they started losing some of their appeal you know, it was like every page could be different. People's computers were crashing. Um, I even was guilty of, of forcing people to listen to a particular song when they went to the page. Um, it was it was all over the place, and that, that and that was a big problem. But man, that's a lot of music that is gone—fifty million songs.
1: Yep. Hopefully, you're not dependent on that, or. You know, I feel bad for I, I think I think they're they're at 150 employees as last report on their website. So, yeah, I
0: think uh, newsflash is probably 149 because whoever was involved <laughs> in that server migration is screwed. Gone. Uh, what a shame. Ma-
1: yeah. Imagine walking into the office and having to report that to your boss.
0: <laughs> um. So while we were moving servers, uh, we lost everything. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how you start that conversation. Uh, but uh, I think it's a, this is a great segue to go from kind of the old into the new YouTube. Yeah, is is embarking into more of of a, of a music territory. Uh, obviously, uh, if you are living under a rock somewhere, or if you don't know the data, uh, most people listen to the music through YouTube. Yeah, that's crazy, right? When it comes to streaming the video channels, yeah, right? and. Yeah. You know, besides uh, all the uh, crazy videos that little kids are watching, music is right up there. Um, you know, my my daughter watches all these crazy videos on there, and um, I don't know what they do, but they mesmerize you. But music is right up there. I listen to a lot of music. I put links on there through my EDM show because that's the best place for people to catch a glimpse of whatever I'm playing on the show.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and quick tip for for uh, recording artists uh, and musicians. You know, if you don't have a music video, work on a lyric video, work on an image video, get your music on YouTube. You got to meet your fans where they're at. Yes,
0: yes. YouTube is definitely a place where you need to get yourself into because it's a great catalyst and a jumpstart to perhaps getting gaining fans to become paid. Lyric videos are key. Uh, snippets are good. And, and it's a great place to build a brand, which we talk about on other podcasts. As yeah, well. yeah, for sure.
1: And and just a, a little quick a quick little keynote. CD Baby is one of the biggest uh, music distributors out, you know, on the digital market right now. By default, YouTube is one of their distribution points. So they, you know, if you release some music through CD Baby, you know, you get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all the the major players. But they also put your music on YouTube. So they do. Uh, you know, YouTube is a big player now.
0: That's a great point, and I wasn't aware of that because I did notice that there were there was music on YouTube, and I'm only like, um, where was that coming from? And it's I guess through through CD Baby. So it is, yep. Yeah. And CD Baby's doing some great things for independent artists as well. They're really catching on to the independent artist craze, and I like to I like to see that.
1: Yeah, and that's a I think that's a whole podcast coming up because I think uh, I mean they're working on a, a music con- the DIY musician conference. Coming up, um, and they're they're big players in the digital distribution game, so we definitely want to dedicate a show for that.
0: Yeah, we will be chatting about that in more detail. Uh, going back to YouTube Music, uh, they have launched in thirteen new markets. So, uh, for those who are kind of, well, what do you mean, YouTube Music? Well, YouTube Music Premium subscriptions is something that YouTube has been jumping on, and basically, what that does is it gives you another outlet to listen to your music, obviously commercial free you know, no ads, you'll get to do a lot more creativity and, and setting up your playlists and things like that the way you want. Obviously, you get more access to all kinds of music. So they've been slowly getting their feet wet in that regard, and they've been launching little by little in all these countries. YouTube is already a big deal all over the world. Obviously, YouTube owned by Google. So they are. they just launched in India, and they have added Argentina, Bolivia, Costa Rica, the Dominican Republic, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Panama, Paraguay, South Africa and Uruguay. So they are going in it headfirst.
1: International baby.
0: And that is a big deal because in in my perspective, YouTube music is a place where where you can hear pretty much anything, but being involved in those specific countries and putting yourself out there and having uh, those uh, those launches gives an opportunity to, for artists in those countries to really embrace YouTube music.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And, and that's important because uh, those countries have uh, obviously their own you know culture, their own style. They have a lot of music, a lot of indie artists out there that are probably trying to figure out what they want to do and they're trying to get they're trying to get ahead of the game from Some of these other folks that I haven't been able to jump in there specifically to make it a little easier for these artists to put their name out there. So that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, congratulations, YouTube.
0: Beautiful. And another thing that I want to really point out is that YouTube Music is not just doing this out of the kindness of their hearts, right? They're launching out here to make some money, right? But they have to be able to do that in a way that makes sense. And one of the things that they're doing is they are launching in these markets at lower prices than Spotify, which is a a big player uh, all over the world right now. They're one of the biggest ones. So, uh, for example, in India, uh, they're charging uh, 99 rupee, which is uh, 20% lower than what Spotify is charging, which is 119, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's still less in dollars. You're talking about uh, about, uh, a good amount, though, for those living in India, so that's very enticing for someone living in any of those countries that launch a new market. You have you have competition. You have competition, and if and later on when you hear our our other podcasts in regards to Spotify and the beefs that they're having right now with uh, Apple and some of the other streaming services, you can see why this is a good moment for YouTube to, to kind of go in and challenge spotify so
1: yeah makes sense
0: good stuff well, right there see how it pans out good stuff uh, the yeah. only thing i would suggest to youtube is please try to you know whenever you're doing a server migration just pay attention so you don't <laughs> don't get yourself in in a in the position that MySpace was recently in
1: uh yeah and you probably don't want to hire tom <laughs>
0: you do not sorry tom we love you though <laughs> Music, books, podcasts, articles, just the good stuff. From their library to yours. Musically Speaking recommends.
1: All right. We wanted to recommend a great movie, man. A great music movie at that that really uh, surprised a lot of folks and they've garnered some major awards, not only as for acting, but for, for, for Best Picture. And we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Yeah. It's a, the story of... Queen, right? Queen, the, the, mainly focusing on the lead singer.
1: Right. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Wonderful movie. I mean, you haven't had a chance to see it, right, Pedro?
0: I have not seen it, although I am a fan of Queen and Freddie Mercury, and I'm very familiar with their work. And... You know, one of the reasons probably why I haven't seen it is I want to sit down and really digest it. It, you know, I've got I've heard so many good things about the movie, so I want to really kind of soak it all in. But it's, I mean, everybody who's seen it, fans and and non-fans or maybe casual fans, have been super impressed with the movie. You saw it and and you said you got chills, man. Yeah,
1: I'll be honest. You know, I know Queen songs, but not. I'm I wasn't a big fan of Queen. This is the first time I got to look at freddie mercury and 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 from an artist perspective genius right he brought chills down my spine it just in how he approached music uh how intricate he was in his songwriting in his song arrangement uh his story is amazing you know and, and it's it's a shame that he's gone because i, I i've uh i would have loved to enjoy that live just to see his genius at work but an amazing, amazing vocalist. You know, I, I had a chance, and I think this happens um, for for a lot of folks who you know see a movie about an artist for the first time, and they're not really familiar with their artist. You know, they go ahead and download their music. So I went ahead and did that. You know, I downloaded the Queen album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. For example, Bohemian Rhapsody, one of their their most famous and most popular songs, seven minutes long, but it's genius. And and the movie, and I'm not going to spoil it because I don't want to do that for folks who are going to see it. But the movie kind of walks you through how they came up with that concept for the song and what the recording process was like, recording that song. Fun, fun stuff, man.
0: Yeah, and just to give you a little bit of background, the movie goes into detail of Freddie Mercury, what what is him joining the band Queen in 1970, and all the way through what was 1985, which was the Live Aid performance, which uh, in my opinion and the opinion of many, many people, was uh, one of the most electric performances ever. I mean, yeah. you're talking about I would about, agree. I would agree. You're talking about being in front of millions and millions of people because there was not it was being broadcast. Correct. And putting on a show where most people considered it kind of a throwaway, you know, they were doing this for charity and a lot of people took the performance somewhat seriously, but Freddie Mercury wanted to take it up another level.
1: Not only that, they weren't together for a long time.
0: They were on what was a pretty much a hiatus, right? You know, Freddie Mercury was doing work with, with other people, and they were kind of, you know, time somewhat had passed them by. That we didn't, you know, Queen didn't know what to do at this point. And uh, I'm just very familiar with their work, and and kind of I remember that point, and that highlighted what people were like. Oh my God, this is this is what Queen is all about. And this movie does that again, probably a little bit of almost a generation later. But there's a lot of movies that can do this if done right, right. And uh, other examples of movies like this that really capture the essence of the artist is uh, the Ray Charles biopic, which I've you know, Jamie Fox won an Oscar for. for sure, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Walk the Line. Johnny Cash. I mean, when I heard those, I was familiar with those artists, right? But they made
1: you wanna, hey, let me go
0: listen to this. Yeah, yeah. and and for all you aspiring actors out there, you wanna win an Oscar, being a biopic, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, Bohemian Rhapsody really captured the essence of what was Freddie Mercury, and it was not, it could not be possible without the excellent acting of Rami Mali.
1: Oh my God, he was so convincing, just so genuine. I, I thought he was Freddie Mercury. I mean, this, yeah. the way he delivered that role was amazing and, yeah. and well-deserved uh, uh, accolades. Yeah,
0: well-deserved Oscar. Fun fact, the original person who was supposed to be playing Freddie Mercury was Sasha Baron Cohen.
1: What? The comedian?
0: Yeah. Get out of here. So he was signed up to do that. I mean, this movie was supposed to be made uh, almost 10 years ago. Wow. It was It was something that just kind of languished around there was issues trying to get the movie made i remember hearing about this movie probably around 2012 or so and it it, i didn't think it was going to be possible but they made it work and it's it's (laughs) a it's a it's a good movie so you know yeah,
1: definitely we recommend you go out and check that out uh i don't think you can catch it on netflix or or Hulu at this point. It's
0: not on streaming services uh, yet. Not sure what the the outcome of that is going to be, but right. it is available for, for purchase for download. I mean,
1: yeah, 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 probably on Amazon or, or places like Amazon, that. Apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely check that out and let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. Now Lewis is a huge fan of Bohemian Rhapsody. I was I was actually in Florida and I got to check out the final scene. Uh, with you yep remember that which is uh, a, a basically a recreation of queen's performance at live aid i was very impressed i think the video that we saw had a kind of like a side-by-side comparison
1: yep yep from the movie and the actual footage and yeah, that was, was wonderful that
0: was very very impressive i was very impressed by that i still haven't seen the movie please uh don't don't be mad at me but uh you know we, you know, we heard the recommendation and there's already rumors. I don't know how true these are, but it, when a rumor gains enough traction that you have the publicist of the producer saying that wait, wait, wait what's going on here, you know that uh, there's there's probably some truth to it. And basically uh, a director of several Queen's music videos said that there was a, a possible sequel, being discussed about uh, life after Live Aid, and, you know, there's a lot of denials about this uh, with good reason, you know, you don't want to put something out there when this movie just came out, you know, tainting what could possibly be, still a pretty good run, but, you know, I mean... Let's let's be realistic here. This movie made eight hundred and seventy five million dollars plus. Was nominated for best picture, won four Oscars. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, when when there's a cash cow, there's a cash cow. Yeah, yeah. And you know the band and the management. It, I, I I'm pretty sure that the idea was brought up. And Brian May, who's the band's guitarist hinted at a sequel because he said that there might be more to the story and that they said that Live Aid was a good kind of ending point for the particular movie that they did. But that there might be more to it. I, you know, I don't know, Lewis. I, I think that after Live Aid, there's not really much to discuss in terms of Queen.
1: Yeah. I've always, yeah, I've always thought that that's where they ended.
0: You know, there, there was, they were there around for some more years and I don't know if the discussion of Maybe the end of the second part might be the end of Freddie Mercury's life. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I've never seen that happen before where a, a movie of, of this magnitude in terms of a, a, a you know, musical kind of biopic had a second yeah. part. But I don't know, but they're they're still gigging,
1: so I mean they that may have something to do with it.
0: Yeah. so I mean, but again, when when a movie makes that much money, uh, and they feel like there could be more money to be made. Then that th- that could that could be a possibility. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I I, we'll I don't want. Happens, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like that's necessary.
1: Yeah, something sometimes should be just left alone. But we'll see. Well, that concludes another episode of Musically Speaking, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please visit us at www.musicallyspeakingpodcast.com for show notes, information on past episodes. Please be sure to share, like, leave us a review, and let us know what you think. We'll catch you on the next one.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Musically Speaking with your hosts, Luis and Pedro. Be sure to visit musicallyspeakingpodcast.com for show notes share with a friend till next